What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Andy Wilzak. This week, I am talking to Dragana Derlich, a PhD student at the University of Texas, Dallas. Dragana's research is about how mindfulness and meditation and yoga can be used as an alternative treatment in prison. This is episode 12 of Untenured Tracks. mental health issues nowadays so stress anxiety depression all, all the good stuff right and I, I didn't have an avenue so I started practicing yoga um, and I kind of did it as something something fun something just to kind of do to get my mind off of things and through yoga I found meditation um, it kind of goes hand in hand which, which we really don't realize over time because to do yoga you kind of have to be able to, to relax and stay in these poses for a very long time and while you're in a pose for a very long time there's really nothing you can think about but that pose right and that kind of directs you to your breath and at that point you're already meditating um, so I had studied I got my bachelor's in criminal justice my master's in criminal justice and essentially wanted to get my PhD so I came here to UTD and I came in as a policing scholar. Um, I, I wanted to kind of do research in policing, specifically on police use of force and body-worn cameras and all this great stuff, right? Um, until I took a corrections class. And I took a corrections class, and it just kind of it, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, there's so many people that are incarcerated right now, and nobody cares, right? Nobody cares about them. And in a sense that, like, nobody really cares to help, help them, right, rehabilitate and, and come back as, you know, as people who can actually get into society and, and live a normal life, a stable life, and, and you have all these tools. We don't give them tools to do this. Um, so at the same time, I, I ran across the Prison Yoga Project through social media. I don't know if you've heard of them, um, but they've been around since about 2008 now, so about 11 years now, and they've the founder, James Fox, has helped implement the Prison Yoga Project in numerous um, states throughout the United States as well as other countries. So they're now in New Mexico and New Zealand and Switzerland, and they're kind of going worldwide. Um, and I thought it was so great. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like my passion for yoga and my love for criminology, it's kind of, you know, it came together and meshed well. So it was kind of great to see that there was actually something like that out there. So then I was like, well, I want to see what kind of research is out there. So I started digging into the research, and a lot of the research on yoga, mindfulness, and meditation in general has been done, obviously, in medicine and psychology and psychiatry and stuff like that. And then maybe in the last 20 years, we've actually looked at it um, in criminology. So as far as using it in, in correctional facilities, as far as using it in juvenile facilities. Um, so so it's, it's, it's upcoming. It's happening. It's just still a little rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized, you know, yoga had helped me so much through through my personal issues. And I thought, well, why could it not help individuals that are obviously locked up, you know, behind bars? And it's kind of a great tool to have. You know, it helps you kind of self-regulate, right? Um, take care of your emotions, your mental health state, and, and just kind of 
come to yourself, which which a lot of us can't do so often. We're kind of stuck in the outer world as opposed to being in, in, in ourselves and in our inner world and kind of managing things through the inside. Um, and a lot of these programs that we have established in these correctional facilities, obviously the cognitive behavioral therapy and stuff like that, they help with your cognition, but they still don't help with your emotions, right? Um, and we don't understand that a lot of our health issues and all the things that happen to us stem from our emotions, their emotional reactions, mm-hmm. um, and things like trauma and whatnot. So I started getting into that, and I spent the last maybe not maybe eight to ten months just kind of digging into the research that was out there specifically on mindfulness, meditation, and yoga. And um, I did a systematic review just kind of on what we know so far and what's been done out there. Um, and my paper was actually accepted in the Journal of Correctional Healthcare, so it's forthcoming. Congratulations. Thank you. It's super exci- it's exciting. Um, and more so exciting that it landed in a journal that's actually going to utilize it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard, I'm sure you've heard about the Correctional um, Journal, but it's actually a part of the National Commission of Correctional Healthcare Conference. They ha- they have their own organization, and the majority of these people actually went to the conference this summer. That the majority of people that do go there are actually practitioners. Okay. So they're people who actually implement these programs into these facilities, and you know they talked a lot about um, implementing CBT and implementing mindfulness and implementing mm-hmm. meditation. But they haven't yet talked about implementing yoga because it's still something new. Yeah. Um, and for many people, it's like, well, why, why should we, you know, why should we spend so much money giving, you know, inmates yoga when people outside of prison can't afford to go do yoga, right? Um, so it's kind of great, you know, my, my love and passion for, for things in general that I love and and mixing it with criminology has, it's, it's been great. Um, so right now I'm currently working on looking at cognitive behavioral therapy and, uh, trying to connect it to transcendental meditation because most of the work on CBT will tell you that there's a component that's missing, right? So yes, CBT is effective and we've seen it for, you know, inmates who are aggressive and violent and it's been used as a rehabilitation program, a reentry program, um, a diversion program. Great. But a lot of the literature will tell you that there's something missing. Mm -hmm. So I found a few articles that actually um, implemented cognitive behavioral therapy with meditation and they found a little more significant results than just looking at CBT on its own. So I'm doing a systematic review right now on CBT and kind of combining it with meditation and pretty much saying that, well, in order for CBT to be effective, you know, people have to be ready for it. They have to be accepting to to the therapy, right? And a good way to do that is obviously to be clear in your mind. Um, And a lot of people aren't ready. So so when we go through these cognitive behavioral therapies, we're not really, individuals aren't really ready mentally. So they're not really stable in their emotions. They're not really accepting of, of the program itself. So in order to do that, you know, a good way to be a good way to do that is to is through meditation, to be able to meditate and kind of analyze yourself and your thoughts and your feelings and where these things stem from and then being more receptive to other type of therapies that that are offered. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm also looking at doing a meta analysis for prison yoga because that hasn't been done in criminology yet. Um, so that's kind of something on back burner. <laughs> a lot of things brewing in the background, you know, the comps first, obviously. Um, but yeah, my my interest pretty much stems just from looking at all of these issues that 
inmates have, but not looking at them through an exterior lens. Like, yeah, there's, you know, social demographics that we have to look at and they go back into these neighborhoods that, that are disadvantaged and they don't have a job and, you know, they lack education and all this. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, if you're stable on the inside and you're able to regulate your emotions and your feelings and, and all these things that come up, you'll be more receptive to everything else on the outside. And we don't do that, right? We don't we don't really implement programs to help people deal with their emotions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people, don't even know what they feel most of the time, right? Because we're like, oh my god, was I feeling? Like, who cares? <laughs> we don't we don't even want to <laughs> deal with it. We're just like, ah, go away, right? Yeah. Um, and then when we think about incarcerated and people that are incarcerated, right? The population they have so much trauma, right? Yeah. Um, so many things that they have to deal with, and nobody has taught them how to deal with these issues, right? Uh-huh. So yoga may not be able to rehabilitate, but yoga is a tool they can use, right? So just like any other tool, um, meditation is a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, mindfulness is a tool. You know, being able to be mindful in the situation when when it's stressful, when you're aggravated, when you're angry. Um, just being present in the moment, which most of us can't do, right? We're always like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen, you know, a week from now, a month Mm -hmm. from now? So I'm hoping to bring a more spiritual approach to rehabilitation, um, something that's more internal as opposed to external, because we already have a lot of things that's external. A lot of people have have done research on on rehabilitating inmates from the outside. Um, But in order to to rehabilitate and to help anybody, you kind of have to help from the inside out. At least that's my approach because that's kind of where my life has taken me and how yeah. I have healed through some of my things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's where my interest is right now. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I know there's, there's a few other researchers who are, who are doing the same thing who are looking at yoga and mindfulness and mm-hmm. it's kind of, coming out there the last um edition from the prison journal was pretty much everything on yoga meditation yeah Yeah, so it was great i was like yes there's people out there like me i'm not the only one (laughs) Um, that's cool you get to be part of you get to be part of this cutting edge (laughs) yeah it's exciting it's it's moving forward right Mm -hmm. um we have to do something different i think this is a great way to help to help people Mm -hmm. um and to help them be stable Mm -hmm. which you know, a lot of people can't be. So these are just, I think, tools that could be used um, to help people mm-hmm. once inside the prison, obviously, as well as when they're released. So that's great. Um, so I'm curious, have you been have you done work with the prison yoga people? So I am in contact with the prison yoga project right now. Mm-hmm. I am creating a program evaluation for them because okay. the program hasn't been evaluated yet. It's not evidence based or anything like that. Okay. Uh, there have been a few studies that looked at their program. Unfortunately, the research design wasn't that, that good. And then they had some issues with generalizability and uh-huh. some issues with just implementing the surveys that they used and okay. not having enough, enough respondents. So they haven't, the prison yoga project in general, a lot of people haven't looked into. Um, so to me, that's that's a big issue because they're everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of almost in... 30 something states in the United States, they're in Mexico, they're, you know, they're going worldwide and yeah. we haven't yet evaluated the program. So I'm in the process of creating an evaluation for them. We have narrowed down a prison. We're looking at Donovan State Prison in California. Okay. Um, we're, everything is kind of, like I said, on the back burner till cops. Yeah. <laughs> so we're yep. hoping to 
start collecting data within the next six to eight months. Um, mm -hmm. We're narrowing down our population right now and kind of just looking at ways that we actually want to implement the yoga itself. Um, uh -huh. They've obviously left things up to me, but I've told them, like, well, we have to evaluate your program. So whatever you do is what you have to do. I'm not yeah. here to change anything. We want to see <laughs> if what you have already works, right? Uh -huh. um, and depending on what works and what doesn't work, you guys can obviously alter the things that you need to, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they've been doing great things. I'm Yeah. I love them. <laughs> and I know I'm like, I have to like keep my distance too. Cause I'm doing an evaluation for them. So I can't love them too much. I'm like, I love the work you guys are doing. It's great. You know, hopefully, hopefully we get some good results. Hopefully they can get some funding, you know? So what's time? I'm sure they will, but there's obviously other programs too. There's conviction yoga, there's uprising yoga, there's, mm -hmm. um, movement for change yoga. So there's, a handful of different projects that are being implemented in, in jails and prisons and more recently right now in juvenile facilities, which is great, I think, because that's kind of, I think that's the place we need to kind of, you know, zero in on. Yeah, right? I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that because, I mean, adolescence is one of my like very general areas of interest and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious how you would apply some of this um, just in terms of like, I mean, in general, dealing with the anger that stems from the trauma is going to be really difficult, right? But I, I imagine it's a, a completely different set of challenges if you're dealing with somebody who is, you know, mad and for, mad and 40 years old and yeah. has been in, incarcerated maybe for a, a period of time compared to, you know, a, a 15 or 16-year-old kid um, who has that, that anger that's so much more, I guess, just raw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, so there there hasn't been a lot of research looking at um, delinquents in general and just looking at juvenile facilities. Um, there is a lady right now in Ohio who is implementing um, the Prison Yoga Project in a juvenile facility. She's a psychologist. She's mm -hmm. not a criminologist, so her main goal isn't really to do research. Her main goal is to kind of help these individuals, um, but they are collecting data. So hopefully, hopefully they, you know, they collect enough data to actually do some type of analysis to see what's going on. Um, but overall, the studies that have just kind of like pilot studies that have mm -hmm. been done, um, they're obviously, you know, they show great effectiveness in a lot of these juveniles or delinquents or just adolescents. Um, they need it. They like it. And it's useful for them. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just the point of actually zeroing in on what they what they really need right because a lot of a lot of individuals won't be receptive either you mm -hmm. know um but there's not enough research that i know of that that focuses on juveniles um i'm actually hoping my next paper after i'm done with all this is going to look at um implementing yoga in juvenile in juvenile detention centers um and that's one of the things that i found is that there just wasn't enough research out there right mm -hmm which is fine, you know, that just gives us more room to do more research, right? Yep. Um, but I think it's one of those, it's definitely a place where where people need to kind of zero in on, because mm -hmm. uh, if we can help these individuals at an early stage, then maybe we can stop them from getting into, you know, a jail in the prison and, and moving forward into getting incarcerated and doing all these things. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's not there yet. Yeah. Hopefully in the future it will be. Um, and I don't, I haven't spent a lot of time looking at, um, looking at juveniles or delinquents in general. So my knowledge of, of what kind of programs are offered there I, are very limited. I don't mm -hmm. know a lot, um, but that's kind of my next thing is just kind of 
looking at that population and seeing what we can do and what kind of programs we can offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we know that obviously yoga and mindfulness meditation can help adults, um, what's to say they can't help, you know, people who are 16, 17, 18, 19, yeah. 20, or even younger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's been studies that, uh, that they've done in elementary schools as opposed to giving kids detention, they will send them to a meditation room. Mm-hmm. And they've shown to be significant, right, to reduce, um, for example, ADHD, aggression, depression, or just, you know, acts where people act out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't know how much work is done on that. And that's kind of in schools. And I don't really yeah. do research in schools. So I'm not, I'm not sure how much they have um, done and things like that. But I think that's that's pretty amazing, too. You know, if you can supplement a detention to a meditation or a detention to a mindfulness class or a detention to, you know, any, any, anything that's going to draw you back to yourself so you can mm-hmm. kind of self-reflect and analyze your own behavior and kind of pinpoint where that behavior comes from. Um, that'd be amazing. We don't have that yet. Hopefully in the future, right? We're kind of slowly moving towards yeah. that, but you are, you are plotting out like the next couple of decades of your research agenda. I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, my first year when I, my first year here at UTD, when I started talking about my research ideas, it was kind of, it's kind of funny to everybody, kind uh, of like a joke. Oh my God, yoga in prison. You should bring the goat to the camp. Just, you know, stupid little jokes. And I'm just like, oh my uh-huh. God, you guys are hurting my feelings. Um, <laughs> but then I realized I'm like, well, a lot of these people don't really know what it really is. Right. So when yeah. I talk about yoga, everybody's like, oh my God, you ex- you know, it's exercise. Well, yoga is so much more than exercise. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's eight components to yoga and they all have to do with you know, your internal, internally, right? Your mindfulness, your meditation, way of self-reflection. A lot of people can't even, you know, a lot of people don't self-reflect. Big thing in yoga, being able to sit down and kind of ask yourself, why am I acting the way I'm acting, right? Mm -hmm. Why does this bother me? Why do I react this way? Where does this feeling stem from? Um, And we don't do that. You know, we're kind of like, we're out here too much and not, you know, inside. (laughs) Um, Yes, I, I'm guilty you know, of that in myself. In the future, we'll, we'll kind of move towards that. And I think the other thing that I'm looking at right now um, is emotional therapy. So we, like I said, we've, we've spent a great deal of time looking at cognitive behavioral therapy, how to mm-hmm. obviously, you know, help people with cognition and, and the way that they think. But we haven't spent any time looking at emotional, you know, how, how do your emotions play into your behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because we all act on our emotions, right? Yep. Um, so we definitely need a lot more research <laughs> in that area. I'll it, be there. I'm there. <laughs> you know, so, you're right. It, it It is weird, right? Because, like, the major theories that we teach about, I mean, several of them are, are couched in this idea that crime happens because of an emotional response. Mm-hmm. Right and and general like, strain, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're gonna crush that part in your comps when it comes up. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, I hope so. So does so I have I have two questions and one is yeah. like more of a like a dumb guy question and one is more I guess professor question. So I guess I'll ask the smarter question first. Okay. I, and this is not even that smart of a question. I'm hyping myself up too much. Um, is there? So we talked a little bit about the like potential age differences. I'm curious about are there differences across across either race or gender for it? So, like in terms of the efficacy of, of these types of programs. 
Yeah, so there's there's been a few studies that looked at yoga um, in, in female prisons in general. Um, and there is uh, a few of them that are happening right now where they're looking at gender difference, uh, I'm sorry, gender differences, um, race differences, mm-hmm. but even the race differences that they're looking at, they're looking specifically at female institutions. Okay. Um, so as far as the gender and race differences, they haven't gotten into them in depth because it's yeah. still, like I said, kind of a so newer new. area. So a lot of people haven't been focusing on it. Yeah. Most of the research that has been done has been done in in male prisons, yeah. um, mainly in, in prisons where, you know, it's all men. Um, some of them that have focused, like I said, on females have looked at race differences, but those haven't been published yet. Okay. I don't know any that have yet. Um, and I haven't had the chance to look at the recent the recent um, edition of the Prison Journal. I'm sure there's something in there that has to have looked at um, the differences between the correlates. But yeah. like I said, I haven't haven't read read that journal yet. Um, mm-hmm. But from what I know, um, very very slim, very yeah. slim, dip, the, very slim research on it. So I'm mm-hmm. sure there's differences. Like we obviously know that women cope differently and, mm-hmm. and are more receptive to different programs than than our men. Yeah. Um, but we haven't actually looked at the differences between men and women as mm-hmm. far as yoga and mindfulness and meditation. At least not yet, or at least not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's coming out there. Like I know the Prison Yoga Project right now has a researcher who is doing, who is looking at the effects of the Prison Yoga Projects on African-American women mm-hmm. in, a fem- in, in, a woman facility, in, a, in a woman's facility. Um, and her main focus is not specifically looking at the inmates as it is is looking at the actual teachers who mm-hmm. are teaching the yoga and how they kind of mingle with the students so so her i think her main idea was to see whether there was a difference between um white and black teachers and white and black students and mm-hmm. whether if you know if you have a black teacher and black mm-hmm. students they would be more receptive if there was a white teacher and white students that they'd be more receptive um i don't know how far she is in her research yet i know that's that's what she was looking at mm-hmm. So it's happening. It's just not there yet. Okay, I I kind of assumed <laughs> that. Yeah, and, but... and even with like I said with the with the juveniles, like it, it's happening. There's people who are doing studies right now. It's just mm-hmm. you know they have to collect the data, so, they have yeah. to analyze it, they have to write it up, they have to publish it. So it's so new. It, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Forthcoming. So. But it's interesting to to kind of speculate about all the same, mm-hmm. right? Like I could see. I I don't know. I, I'm just. I guess because the majority of people who are incarcerated are men. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting because I, I could see it going like different ways. And I wonder, is it like a, a, a masculinity thing or is it an age thing that would make guys more or less receptive to this? Um, yeah. Very good questions. You know, um, absolutely. Really I think interesting to see when how I first that plays started out. doing yoga, when I would go to yoga classes, it'd be all women. Yeah. Now when I go to a yoga class, it's majority men. Really? I kid you not. Like I, I haven't gone to a yoga class in a very long time because I do yoga at home, mm-hmm. and I recently started doing hot yoga, mm-hmm. which Bikram yoga. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's really good to just kind of let go of all your toxins and all that, sweat mm-hmm. everything out. And I was pleasantly surprised when I walked into the room that it was majority male, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Like I was so shocked, really, yeah. because when I first started, it was maybe like one or two, you know, males in the room. Now uh-huh. it was like all men and maybe five, six women. I'm like, wow. Oh my God, it's happening. It's changing. <laughs> yes, yes. It's exciting for me. Yeah. Um, so I think 
I think the masculinity issue is kind of, you know, coming down because of the fact yeah. that when we first, obviously when we think about yoga, we think about, you know, women and yoga pants stretching. That's mm-hmm. not what yoga is. That's kind of westernized yoga, right? Yeah. Kind of what we've made it out to be. Um, but we know that obviously yoga stems, you know, back from ancient India where majority of people who did focus yoga were men. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's coming back slowly. Um, but like I said, it's, it's been westernized so much uh, yeah. that that's why there is this masculinity issue with yoga. But it's it's dying down, and I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to be an issue. Um, but when we talk about majority of, of the population, obviously, that are incarcerated as being males, that's kind of why I wanted to focus mainly on males. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great that there are people out there who are going to focus on, on you know female institutions and juveniles and all that. But I think the biggest concern right now is obviously mass incarceration and how we can help yes. lower recidivism rates and, and stop obviously all these people getting in, into um the facilities and mm-hmm. if we know the majority of these individuals are going to be men well i think that's kind of where majority of our research needs to kind of head towards right um but it, it's it's happening slowly surely yep okay my my dumb guy question is how do you teach somebody how to meditate Oh my God. Okay. I love this one. <laughs> um, so meditation is hard. It's not, whoever tells you meditation is easy as lying. Okay. <laughs> it took me about two years to come to a meditative state. Right. Okay. And when I say meditative state, I mean like I can literally sit inside my body and I don't, I literally forget to breathe. Right. And that's, that's kind of like the ultimate state of meditation it's that's a little over. scary though it's a little scary <laughs> but it's kind of like letting your body do its own thing right okay. and, uh, so the best way to meditate and i i kind of love explaining this um to individuals is, is the best the easiest way is to kind of focus focus on your breath right and that's something we we should be doing in general right all, all the time focusing on our inhale on our exhale and when i tell people i'm like when you inhale you should envision a white light, right? From the pit of your belly all the way up to the top of the uh, top of your head, right? And then when you exhale, you should envision that light going down. And that's how you start, right? It's crazy, but it works, right? So you have to, like, for me, I'm, I'm telling you, it took me two years uh-huh. to meditate. And it was always like, oh, I'm meditating. I'm focusing on my breathing. Well, great. This is a great way to start. But when you're really meditating, you're not focusing on anything. Uh-huh. It's it's a strange thing to explain because you can't explain it. <laughs> you kind of have to feel it, yeah. right? Which, um, which is why I'm, I'm wondering, like, how you would teach this to somebody who might already have, like, a lot of anger yeah. and just, like, pent so up, like, the frustration. the best way is to focus on your breath. Okay. That's the first thing to do, right? So we also have to be very mindful, I guess, of, of how we sit in our posture. So essentially, when we sit, we have to be propped up, right? Our chest mm-hmm. should be sticking out. And they say, like, the best posture is where the side of your ribs are showing. So if, you're, if your arms are flat down, mm-hmm. your ribs should be showing on the side. A lot of us don't do that. A lot of us slouch, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're slouching, we're kind of we're covering so much, right? We're covering all our stress, our anxiety, our whatever we're going through, we're just like, ah, it's in there, right? No, we gotta, you, you have to open up. You gotta let it out. Right. Um, so posture, so sitting mm-hmm. up straight and, and, and knowing and being mindful of the way you sit first thing. Right. And then breathing. So when we inhale, we, we, <laughs> this is when you inhale, 
you're inhaling obviously through your nose, right? But mm -hmm. when you inhale, you should feel your breath through the back of your throat. If you don't feel your breath through the back of your throat, you're not breathing. You're just kind of like, oh, well, it's coming in and out. No big deal, right? I'm, so, I'm smiling because I wish that this was a video podcast so people could see how happy you are right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is my favorite thing in the world. Um, it really is. It brings me so much joy. And I love, I, I love talking about it when people are interested. When people are like, oh, my God, you're crazy. I'm like, oh, I love you. You need help somehow. I'm going to teach you. Don't worry. Um, I have a yoga mat and a, and a, uh, a massage roller in the TA room. I have by now had everybody use it. I'm like, yeah. you need to, you need to do this. Like, this is good for you. Uh -huh. Um, so they have a lot of good, obviously YouTube videos for, 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 um, meditation, guided meditations, guided meditations are great to start. Right. Mm -hmm. Deepak Chopra has really good ones. Um, but to me, you just, you have to how I meditate. I like to be, you know, turn off all the electronics, be in the middle of nowhere. And essentially in the middle of nowhere, when your eyes are closed, you're just in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, but the first thing to do is to sit straight and, and to just breathe, mm -hmm. you know, not to spend a lot of time focusing on your breathing, how you inhale, how you exhale. And once you start breathing, you'll start noticing, you know, where your tension is. Um, you'll, you'll start feeling little points in your body where you have a little pinch or a, a little stress or, you know, and, and these are your signs, right? Where you need to focus your breath. So you start, okay, well, you know, I feel really heavy on my chest. So I'm going to focus my breath there. And then you start asking yourself, kind of start talking to yourself as crazy as that sounds. Um, you ask yourself like, what, what is this feeling? Where is it coming from? Why do I feel this way? What is this tension from? Right. And then you just breathe, breathe, mm -hmm. breathe, breathe. And, and essentially while you're breathing, all these things will come up. Right. I mean, I've meditated to the point where I bursted out in tears. Mm -hmm. I've, and, and this is just releasing trauma, right. Mm -hmm. Releasing things that we just never released. I think people don't realize that like we've kind of carried trauma through our entire life, right? Trauma can stem from you, you know, your parents wanting a female and you being born a male. And then while your mom's pregnant, she's complaining that she wanted, you know, uh -huh. a girl or, or a boy. Yep. Right. That, I mean, genetically it's in there. Like these are things that we carry on and we never heal. It's real. Um, so start with breath mm -hmm. and just breathe. I think if you can focus on your breath and breathe and, and do this, you know, and this is going to take time. So do it, you know, for 10, 15 minutes a day for the next three, four months. That's, that's the best goal you can have. If you can sit down and focus on your breath for the next three, four months. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Cause it took me longer than that. Okay. And then when you sit down and you start and you start like you'll, you'll obviously start with your breathing, but essentially you won't have to focus on your breathing anymore. Your breathing will, will go on its own, right? You'll inhale and you'll exhale on your own. You're going to have a clear mind and you're just, you're literally floating. It's, like I can't like it's the most amazing feeling in the world just being inside yourself and actually being there, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason we don't want to be inside ourselves is because we feel so many things, right? And we don't want to deal with them. That's kind of the hardest thing, like dealing with with the way that we feel, dealing with, with oh my god, like this person said this or why do I just so many things. We're all we're all constantly on a go. So start with breathing, okay? Okay. I, I'm totally like 
that you ever want to like meditate, you let me know. I can guide you through. I've guided people through meditations before. It's not my favorite thing because I think it's easier to meditate on your own, right? Uh -huh. As opposed to something's going on. As opposed to, right, this is a good time to meditate. It's not going to annoy me. It's okay. It's just a sound. No big deal. Yeah, it's right? okay. My, um, I have a friend who produces these for us so he can edit out some of the beeping. Once, okay. whatever, once whatever that alarm is gets under control. Yeah. <laughs> it will, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, just really focusing on your breath is the best. Is, it's the way to start. If you can do that, you're golden. Everything mm -hmm. else will kind of come on its own, right? And, you know, people say all the time, well, you have to, you have to set a designated time to meditate. No, you don't. You can, you can be sitting in your chair right now and tell yourself, okay, I'm going to take a minute or two to breathe. That's mm -hmm. meditating. Okay. You know, you're giving yourself time to breathe. You're, getting your, you're giving yourself time to relax. You can do meditation anywhere, right? Uh -huh. Essentially, over time, when you... When you when you get comfortable med with meditation and, and mindfulness and being mindful, you're essentially meditating throughout the entire day because you're not you're not affected by the things that are going around you. You're just kind of inside yourself, and things are happening. You're like, okay, that's okay. It's not a big deal. Everything's fine. It's all part of life. It's gonna work out. You know, all things happen for a reason. Um, Very convincing. It's amazing. It's amazing. But it's one of my my favorite things, I think. Yeah. Very cool. Um have you and it's okay it's okay if you can't answer this. Mm -hmm. Um have you had a chance to teach yet? So have you had a chance to talk to undergraduates about your your interests? Um so I haven't really talked specifically about I mean, I, I've taught a summer class, so a lot of a lot of the students that I've taught, they know where my interests are. And, and when I do teach or I lecture, I do kind of talk about my research interests in general. Mm -hmm. But I haven't been able to actually lecture on what I know about yoga and mindfulness and meditation. Okay. Um, I'm hoping I get to do that soon. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I will with time. Yeah. I think there, you know, there's still more. I think to me, when, when I talk about yoga, mindfulness, and meditation, I talk a lot more from experience than, than actually, obviously, research. So I still have to kind of combine those two to be able mm -hmm. to kind of convey a better message. Mm -hmm. um, so there's still a lot of growth that, that needs to happen as far as, you know, looking more into the research that's been done. And there's so much when we look at, you know the field of, of you know medicine for example mm -hmm. and how much research they've done in the last you know 50 100 years just looking at mindfulness and meditation mm -hmm. so it'll come i'm hoping within you know the next semester or two i'll be able to teach hopefully a corrections class and i'll be able to de design at least one class focused <laughs> on you know <laughs> mindfulness yoga and meditation it'll be my goal yeah and well that's the cool thing about teaching is that you can do anything that you want to. So if you want to do half the semester about the prison yoga project, you are allowed to do that. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> you that know, would be great. And, and the way that, that schools are kind of looking for people who represent or embody the teacher scholar model. I mean, I don't think that it even necessarily matters that the research isn't, isn't there yet for you to be able to teach a class that, that focuses mm -hmm. on it. Right. Because you are modeling to the students, like, hey, this is a cutting-edge area that I'm really excited about and want to expose you to, 
while I'm also learning more about it. Absolutely. So that's, I look forward to that. It's way better than just here's the the same boring textbook again and again and again. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. I'm excited for it. I really am. Yeah. Well, thank you so much um, for your time. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. And do let me know. I, you know, you can reach out to me anytime on Twitter if you, if you want to, you know, learn more about mindfulness or meditation or yoga. If you want some, there, there are like 10 minute morning yoga videos that are amazing to start your daily routine. I can send you those really like there. You can do it with your family. I think that's, that would be amazing. You know, you guys can all sprawl out on the floor and do some yoga in the morning. It'll be, it's, it's a great way to connect too, you know? So. I'll include that in the in the plugs in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> that you are available <laughs> to yeah. help with this. Awesome. I know.